I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome back to the Out of Spec podcast, everyone. I am very excited for today's episode as I am joined by another leader in the space of going electric. She has incredible experience over a decade of work under her belt, collaborating with some of the top OEM brands on major products, marketing, branding, and essential trainings. She is a major proponent of electric mobility in general and does a great job of spreading the good word, if you ask me. She helps cover <laughs> industry news on the Inside EVs podcast and, of course, is a source from uh, for everything from electric news to reviews to interviews and more on her Miss Go Electric YouTube channel and her other platforms. So make sure you go and check her out if you haven't already. Welcome, Lacey, a.k.a. Miss Go Electric, to the Out of Spec podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Francie. It's good to see another female in the business. So I'm like, really excited that you've taken the helm here at the podcast. So let's go. Yes, <laughs> We love women in STEM. Um, just kidding. But yeah, I really do love to see women in this space that is, you know, it's really fun. So I'm happy to have you on today. And you're coming, you're calling in from your Rivian, actually, which is what we're going to talk about a little bit today. And because this is a, a bit of a new experience for you, right? Yeah. Now, I've spent quite a bit of time driving R1Ts, but um, I've had my reservation in for my Rivian R1T Max Pack since 2019. And actually, the most recent estimate for me to take delivery on my truck was January, February of this upcoming year of 2024. And all of a sudden I got this email from Rivian that said, oh, can you confirm your configuration? I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. Click, 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 click away. And then it was like, oh, you finish up some of this paperwork. And I'm like, huh, that's interesting. Cause usually that process doesn't happen until I'm about to take delivery. Mm -hmm. So I reached out to my guide and I was like, Hey, um, just before I transfer the money over, like if it's just going to be taken until January, I want to wait to do that. But can you give me a heads up about like what's going on here is should I continue filling this out? And she's like, 
oh yeah, we'll be able to get it to you next week. And I'm like, really? Okay. Amazing. So, uh, it was kind of a surprise, but yeah, I took delivery just a couple of weeks ago now. Um, and immediately when I took del delivery, I pretty much went out of town. So it sat for a couple of days, but then I drove down to the Nashville area in Tennessee because I have a project going on here. Uh, for like the next year that I'll be driving back and forth pretty much from Michigan to where I live to Nashville. And so that was kind of the first road trip, which I'm not a typical like driver when it comes to having like a daily commute, having a nine to five that I go to on a day to day basis. Cause as you mentioned in the intro, I've, I've been a contractor. So car companies will hire my company and I'll go out and uh, run a lot of education programs from this standpoint. You know, I started early off in my career in more of the marketing space, but now I'm more in the training side of things. And um, yeah, so I pretty much have been doing that for so long, working for a lot of different brands, a lot of different car companies for their new product launches and started to specialize in EVs over the course of many years in the business. And um, so it kind of was a natural fit to start the Misco Electric brand to cover all the e-mobility and electric cars because I wanted to be able to still do my job during the pandemic when I when I wasn't able to. So it really created the opportunity to bring it online. And so, yeah, um, I was like, okay, I got to start driving this truck immediately. So I do road trips all the time. That's kind of what I do. Cause it's similar to kind of the out-of-spec way a little bit. Um, not, I wouldn't say as much, but... I only road trip. I don't do a daily commute. So it's like, let's, let's get some miles under our belt with this. And you sure have already. Yeah. So you're usually based in Michigan and you, I have one of my best friends up there too. And you know, it's probably getting a little cold up there and you're coming down to Tennessee where it's a little bit warmer. Right. So that's uh, fine. Yeah. Yes. Not, not, not upset about that. <laughs> no. It's like at that stage in Michigan right now where it's like super gloomy, gray, wet, kind of nasty about to snow for the first time so i was not upset when i was like having to go down to nashville no good <laughs> me i will be also going to florida next week so i'll be having a lot more updates as far as the charging goes but i was kind of uh, interested in the first trip going down when i left my house i was at 100 percent state of charge 410 miles of range um is what my r1t max pack performance dual motor gets Mm -hmm. So I filled it up all the way. It was probably about high 40s when I left, like 48-ish uh, degrees. And so it was a little chilly, not too bad. Uh, and I was able to drive all the way down to Huber Heights, Ohio, where there was a, an Electrify America station. And that was 251 miles that I made it down there. It said that I had 16% state of charge left which it was estimating at about 50 miles. Hmm. Now I was not doing anything that I feel like is, I wanted it to be the most average experience for what most people are going to probably do in, in this case. So I just let the car navigate me. I did double check ABRP because Rivian did buy ABRP and I wanted to see if they had any updates yet to kind of match those systems up. But seemed to me that they haven't quite optimized that yet so there will probably be some updates in the future that will mm -hmm. but there were there were two different routes for sure and 
So it had me originally stopping twice uh, along my way. I unfortunately wanted to leave super early in the morning that day and had so much work that I didn't end up leaving till the afternoon. So I left maybe, yeah, afternoon time and got in about maybe nine o'clock and I stopped at a hotel. So I didn't make the whole trek in one stop. But also that also like provided a very interesting occurrence because when I went to the hotel, I'm like, oh, that'll be good. I'll just fill up there and then continue to make my journey. I won't even have to stop again. But I had some issues at the hotel. But let me let me first explain the rest of the charging session because I think you guys will find this really interesting, especially the nerds of the out of spec audience. Um, when I plugged in, when I got to that station in Ohio, it was a 350 kilowatt station. And I plugged in at, like I said, about um, 16% left on my state of charge. Mm-hmm. I rode in all purpose mode. I had auto ride height. So everything was like very normal. I actually have my um, e-bike rack with me that I'm going to put on the back tow hitch receiver, but I didn't yet. I put it in the bed of my car and I did not, I did order a tonneau cover, but unfortunately I don't have that yet. So it is an open bed situation, but Mm -hmm. you know, so just keep in mind those things. And it was raining for the first good chunk of time that I was driving through Ohio. So with all that considered, when I initially plugged in, I hit a peak rate of 208 kilowatts when I got to about 20%. So pretty quickly, it ramped up to the peak rate. But then it slowly started to taper down to about 130 kilowatts. Um, And that was up until about 45% state of charge. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then all of a sudden it jumped up to 168 kilowatts and it held that until for another 5%. And then it dropped down to 156 kilowatts and by a uh, 60% state of charge, it had dropped to 142 kilowatts and then it held till about 70% and then it dropped to 110. And that's when I unplugged. Cause I was like, this is, I, I really just wanted to pl- go up into the point where Rivian says their daily, average is the 70 percent is that that's where you want to hold your state of charge for your daily charging mm-hmm. um so i was like i'll set it at that and let it you know let it go so a couple of interesting things is that curve was kind of bouncing around a little bit right and you know my my r1t will tell me if it's throttled by the station or anything like that mm-hmm. and i didn't have any I, I sat in the car the whole time which to the picture that you po- just pulled up there where it said how many kilowatt hours I ended up pulling from the station for that period of time. It was a 34 minute charging session. I had 91.1 kilowatt hours, but I was sitting in my car. So I thought it was kind of interesting that uh, 1.5 kilowatt hours was expended to the cabin heat and the battery temperature. Mm -hmm. And so I've already known like, you know, I was hoping that by the time I got the max pack that they would re-engineer to have a more efficient vehicle. And technically they're saying that that's the case because they're using 150 kilowatt hour battery pack and it's a new chemistry. Um, But I was really hoping that I would see a heat pump by the time I got my car. So I was like, okay, maybe I'm I'm okay for waiting a little bit longer if they make these efficiencies. Um, Unfortunately, this is still uh, not very efficient 
cabin heating system. So that'll be nice for Rivian to improve that over time. But mm -hmm. it's also one of the reasons why I got the Max Pack. You know, right? I I when I originally ordered it back in 2019, I had the lock-in price for the reservation holders. So when they tried to raise the price, then they were like, "Oh no, we'll we'll leave it for you guys." So technically, you know, I'm I, I paid 80 grand for it, but it's 100 grand if you order it right now. Um, mm -hmm. I felt like having that equity was super important. Of course, I ordered everything that I could possibly get, which was quad motor. Then they took that away. The power tunnel cover, then they took that away. Then the ki camp kitchen, they took that away. So um, it's not exactly the truck I ordered, but that's not to say I'm unhappy with it. But that's living great. in Michigan, having cold temperatures, um, also just considering that battery degradation is a thing. Um, I travel long distances. I had a Model Y just sold that. That got 330 miles of range. And we have a Model S that gets... Now with the degradation, that's a road trip car. It's got almost a hundred thousand miles on it, and it's um, I think two hundred and sixty-eight miles when it's fully charged. But when it originally came out, it's a twenty sixteen Model S. It had three hundred. Mm -hmm. So just knowing like the degradation, um, and Tesla is like some of the best on the market for that. You know, um, degradation, yes. winter. Um, this, all those kinds of losses and me road tripping all the time, I knew I wanted to have something more than 300 miles of range. Plus, I always put something, almost always have my bike rack on the back because I do my e-bike reviews. So I'm always bringing my e-bikes all over the place. I'm going to pick one up in Florida, actually, which is why I brought it with me. Fun. But considering all those losses for the things that I do and go to remote places and go hiking and backpacking and all this stuff, I knew I wanted to have that bigger battery pack. So for me, right. it was worth it. No, I love it. I love all the details that you're adding. And yeah, cause, so you have the Rivian R1T with the Max Pack performance dual motor, any of the 21 inch wheels. So it's all about efficiency there, right? And so I'm assuming that's why you, like you said, you added everything you could at the beginning. And then now, you know, as things changed within Rivian, some things became unavailable, some things just changed and you had to pivot. And um, I know that the Max oh, they Pack was a little bit... Um, <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. It's expensive for what it is, yes. But I like they tried to shake me off so so many times. Like, and I know all of the people that were on Max Pack, they've tried to because they're like, "Look, you can take delivery in one week on this large pack." This yes. waving it right in front of me, like you can have one right now. And I'm like, "Yes, I do want one right now, but I want to wait because I want to hold on to this." So, uh, right. of course, they're going to do whatever they can for their shareholders and cost cutting as far as like money lost on every unit they make but um i knew that that's what i wanted out of this out of this if i was gonna buy it i'm not buying another 300 mile range pickup truck mm -hmm. you know give yes. me something that has more range considering my lifestyle that's gonna fit best exactly. so uh, yeah and yeah. you made the choice that was available to get the best range so i see yeah. i mean of course that's your main motivator and of course we know the range anxiety that exists in general with evs so this is an option that you were able to take advantage of and this trip that you've driven just now and then of course you're going on many more but um you drove 618 miles total right and you, you talked about the settings that you had you know you keep all on all your data which is great so you had the all-purpose mode and the auto suspension adjustment so i love that intention and you noted an efficiency of about 2.18 miles per kilowatt hour which i mean what do you, how do you feel about that it's not that great but also considering that it was cold when i left for the beginning part of it 
and it was mostly highway miles. I mean, leaving everything in an auto type mode, I think is the most realistic expectation for most. So I can't imagine, you know, it's going to be obviously worse when I put my bike on the back and stuff like that. But this is again, why I got the max pack because I'm already accounting for those losses already. So I had to stop quite a bit when I made the same trip from Michigan to Florida last year in my model Y, I had to stop several more times because I had two of my e-bikes on the back. So it just proves to me that now if I do have my bikes on the back and all the load that I carry with me and I'm going to do the things that I normally do throughout my life, then this is going to be like the perfect balance that I'm looking for. Although it's not, I'm, I'm like a huge efficiency stand and all people that already follow me know that like it really makes me upset that there's like 200 kilowatt hour battery pack. So like I didn't really want a 180 kilowatt hour battery pack out of the Rivian because I wanted them to engineer it so that it was more efficient. But, mm -hmm. you know, this is the only 400 mile range EV on the market that fits my lifestyle. So, right. I, it, I mean, you know, yeah, it may, this choice does make sense. And taking it out on the road is pretty exciting. Now you're going to be able to like live it in the road trip version with these specific specs. And I know along your way, you said you had a lot of successful charging sessions, which is great with EA. And then also I wanted yep. to note this one experience along the way that was kind of interesting to me where you stopped at a hotel and you're like, yes, great. We're going to have charging there overnight. We'll plug it in. But when you got there, you seem to have some issues where not only did the breakers trip and you write about these in your tweets. So make sure to follow Miss Go Electric on Twitter or X because um, you document your experiences a lot. But also, of course, there were non EVs parked in the spaces. And I wanted to bring this yep. up because the question of the infrastructure, of course, when we're talking about the ecosystem of EVs is not always up to the major players providing the public EV charging, but those smaller site hosts like hotels and retail stores that have the responsibility of maintaining and managing the chargers. What doesn't, it doesn't seem that hard to do, but probably involves a lot of good training and information sharing and even maybe incentives for site hosts. And I was wondering, you know, do you agree? What did that experience kind of shine a light on for you in this space? Well Typically, this is one of the reasons why I love road tripping in an EV is because I can have the experience be very similar to what I have at home by plugging into a level two station at a hotel overnight and getting my full charge, which just makes it so convenient. Like if you're road tripping, I don't want to have to stop as, at as many DC fast chargers if I don't have to. Um, and that's good for a number of reasons. One, like yeah, maybe I do need to stop because I need to use the restroom. But if it's matching the dwell time that I'm already experiencing as far as, you know, having to eat or use the restroom and matching my charging with that, then mm -hmm. fine, that's great. But I don't want it to inconvenience me. And so I usually find that hotel charging is extremely reliable because as one of my favorite uh, EV uh, females in the business. Her name is Kitty Adams. She runs Adopt a Charger. She says it's just the level two stations are just a glorified outlet. And it's so true because it's just, it just works a lot of cases. And, and some of them are internet connected and can be a little funky. But generally speaking, when you just have a level two that you plug in and it works and you charge up overnight, it's wonderful. But this hotel had about 15 dispensers. 
And most of them were Tesla stations, actually. And there were two that weren't. They were like an off-brand charging station. I went to go initially plug into the off-brand one. Mm -hmm. And this this was kind of my bad, sort of, because I'm so used to just plugging in and the car and the charger work together to figure out what it needs to do. But I should drop the amperage on my truck. So um, I was mm-hmm. set to the max amperage of 48 went to, when I went to go plug in and it, it uh, tripped the breaker because, uh, and it was, as you can imagine, very dark out when I got there and not a lot of lighting. So then I was trying to like read the side of it. I'm like, what does it say? You know, like, and I, I didn't know if it would reset itself or when I went in to talk to the lady, I'm like, yeah, the, the charging station, the, it had a power fault. So it tripped and she's like, I don't even know how to do anything with those. So, and all, half of the Tesla ones were completely down. And that was the reason why as well, they didn't know how to reset the, the breaker. So that was quite frustrating. And then to me, you know, you get hotels that are probably thinking, Hmm, well, I'm not getting my return on investment because people aren't utilizing these stations, but it's really only because, and I didn't book this hotel, but Tim did, and he didn't check the plug share before, which usually we do. And it was kind of split. I think it was rated at like 6.2 or something like that. Um, but he figured, you know, there's enough chargers there. So there's probably going to be some that work. Right. And ultimately. Yeah. And, uh, ultimately she just didn't know anything about it, but hotels, if you want your return on investment, you got to make sure they're operational and they're, you know, they're working. So I went to go plug into one of the Tesla ones that was still up, um, with my adapter that I have. And Tim was also, cause he drove his model S down as well he plugged into one and so he was pulling just fine and i dropped my amperage down to like something like way low that i knew it was going to be totally fine well it wasn't totally fine because in the middle of the night i got up to about 53 percent state of charge and mind you i plugged in one with 25 percent and uh both of ours just stopped charging in the middle of the night and um so that was interesting and i was like okay there was a i was still pulling like a kilowatt when I got to my truck in the morning, which was so strange, and he was yeah. just completely out. But to me, it's like, you know, hotels need to do a better job, especially with all these um, news stories that we're seeing that they're making these partnerships with other um, charging infrastructure infrastructure companies that they really need to get their act together when training or talking to and knowing the protocol just having like a place where they can go in a, a binder or something like that and say, okay, this is what I do, or this is what I need to know about this, because mm-hmm. that's what I base booking my hotels on. I won't go to or stay at a hotel if it doesn't have EV charging. It's very rare that I do um, mm-hmm. because I want that convenience. So I think that's like a huge takeaway is for those whole hotel brands to really get that experience and maybe they need to have like an ev day where they show people like how this experience is because i do think ev owners understand it but people who've never been in an ev which is the majority of people um they don't even know the struggle or the like reality of the situation so i completely agree i think there's such a challenge here with getting information out there because there's a lack of experience in general which is 
to completely understandable. And then if we're going to make things work in any kind of business model, like, yes, hotels need to think about EV charging too. And somehow, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see how we're able to tackle that because even some dealerships need more information. And it's like, that's the source of, you know, yeah. the- Don't get me the, started on that. That's, what, that's where <laughs> I, that's my job of going into dealers and training them and educating about um, about EV charging and stuff like that. And that is a very frustrating process because the turnover is extremely high in a dealership. So when you even go in to train a dealer, the next time you go into that dealer, you're not going to see the majority of those same faces. So it's like a never ending battle of trying to get people on board. And it's yeah, that's that's very frustrating. <laughs> Trust very me. Very frustrating. Yeah, I can imagine you have. I know very well that business. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's it's definitely a really interesting question. And hopefully yeah, maybe we could just clone you and then send you all out to educate everyone possible. But that seems to be something that needs to happen. It's just, you know, a there generalized needs to be, effort. There needs to be a complete shift at the OEM level where they are not only training their dealers, they're also training their employees in a more meaningful, impactful way. Because even when you go in dealership, like there needs to be some kind of fundamental event where they can really get a hands-on long-term like experience like with an EV. Because most of these guys don't, even though they have EVs that they could take home, sometimes they do and sometimes they like run out of charge. And to me, it's like, huh? Like, how are you doing this? Like you have a charging station at your workplace. You don't live that far, but then you still, you know, there's just a lot of little things that it's obvious to you and I, and to people that are in this niche, but they really need more tangible, like user-friendly ways and analogies to understand what is actually going on and how to apply that to their everyday use. So I, yeah, I completely, I, a lot agree. of people can use that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so too. I think there's a lot of disconnect here. Maybe it's that the technology has advanced quite quickly and, you know, it's not just, um, you know, everyone's taking it up really. It's kind of a, a, a little bit of a forced evolution revolution, but it's happening. Um, and yeah. I know that you have, yeah, you have a lot to add on that. And I would love to dive into that with you on other topics too. And just to bring it back to the Rivian, because that is yeah. what we're talking about today. You have had this road trip and what are your, you know, you've, you've gone over the specs and stuff. You're going to keep taking notes as you continue to road trip. But do you have any major takeaways that you've been noodling on since you got to sit behind the wheel of your R1T with the Max Pack um, and gone a good number of miles in a row now? Yeah, definitely. The, the huge thing as far as efficiency goes is that the cabin heating um, is is not efficient, which I did know. Um, but hopefully Rivian can make some improvements to help. And, and change things in the future to include a heat pump that would, you know, help maximize the, the range mm -hmm. on it. I know that's a lot of engineering to do, though. Um, yeah. As far as, like, the driving experience, there are quite a few things that I am either used to in my Model Y that this doesn't have or things that I do like that this, you know, the experience this, this provides that the Model Y didn't. This is a very quiet truck. Um, I think they have a lot of work to do excuse me, as far as the advanced driver assist systems, um, the highway drive assist is, uh, it needs some work. Mm -hmm. Although I enjoy it when it is working, it is, you know, you can, it's in the name, you can only use it on the highway. And um, mm -hmm. 
it's not as advanced as some other systems from just economy brands that I'm used to. So like to me, if you're spending X amount of dollars on a truck like this, then it should have certain things that you're used to as a like luxury or premium space buyer, uh, you know, competing in the like BMW Mercedes territory. Uh, understanding that it is a startup though, it is, mm -hmm. you know, you have some leeway with that and there are other really amazing things about it, but just like a simple thing for me, that's a huge deal is that this doesn't have voice to text. It can't read text messages to me and I can't deliver text messages through my voice commands. Um, and to me in a state where it is illegal to have any kind of interaction with your phone, that's not hands-free while you're driving, um, is kind of, you know, and I know that we're not the only state that has that law. Um, seems like a safety concern to me that they should prioritize. And I'm kind of surprised that, you know, waiting from the first deliveries to this point that they haven't gotten that figured out. Mm -hmm. So um, it's just things like that. And then the driver assistance, I think, needs some work. Otherwise, yeah, it's amazing sound system. I wish some of the interface was a little bit different for my liking, but um, some of that's personal preference and some of it's just development of the interface. So they, you know, are still relatively new and I'm sure they're working behind the scenes very diligently to try to get those things out. But yes, I have a lot of suggestions. <laughs> yes, I love it. Because I've driven yeah. a lot of cars, a lot yeah. of brands. And I've, exactly. uh, yeah, I, so I, I feel like I have a good take on that. And I'm an 8S stan, I would call myself because every chance I get, I use it. I use all the systems that I possibly can. And um, I spent earlier on the year with the Nissan Aria and that has a new ProPilot Assist system where it was uh, basically I could take my hands off the wheel on the highways and when that I, I would use that all the time. I loved it. I loved that system. So if it could get closer to something like that, or I'm sure people familiar with the blue cruise or super cruise, you know, those kinds of things, um, even FSD to an extent, um, mm -hmm. you know, that, that'd be one. I feel like it's a very basic system the way it is now. Yeah, I, I I do love that their approach has been to continue to, of course, a lot of things have happened, but like take input and then input it into their systems. But it has been slow going and it does seem like some of the things you pointed out would just be, I mean, safety for one. Yeah, that you're able to tell your phone what you want to do. Even even my car does that. And it's, uh, you know, a, quite an older car. So um, interesting points you make. And I think you really yeah, are able to spend time with the car. And because of your experience, really pinpoint those things that would make it, I mean, not even perfect. You're not asking for a ton, you know, at every level, but um, great observations. And would you recommend, you know, you waited for the max pack, this is really what you wanted. Would you recommend it to other p folks who are able to take advantage of that opportunity and really want the long range? Or do you think, hmm, I mean, you could go with the with the long range pack. You don't need the max pack. What do you think? Every answer is going to be very dependent, highly dependent on everyone's specific needs. So it's hard to give a blank answer because, you know, for, for my lifestyle, it was like it like, yes, I was willing to pay the extra money for it, um, although it's different price now at this stage is a little bit harder to justify um but if you you know if you need that range because of you know the degradation the cold weather the things that you haul like all of these things considered then i 
so far am having a really great experience with it. And I think that it's worth it. Um, but if you don't have that lifestyle, you don't need it. You don't go to remote places and you, you know, don't want to use your truck to charge your e-bikes out in the woods and all these, like <laughs> all these use cases, then I would say, you know, the average person, their daily commute in the United States is between 30 and 40 miles a day. And, you know, so a large pack is going to do the job, but you know, for me, for my specific use case, I know I'm not a typical person in that regard. I think it's worth it. But again, I got the discount. So <laughs> I probably honestly, I, I know it's like too much. It's hard to say like, but at this point, I probably still would get the max pack because that 410 miles of range is also going to save me time on road trips and time is money at the same time. So people have to really just decide for themselves, like really figure out what you do and what you're going to be using this for and determine whether or not that extra cost is going to be worth it for you. I totally agree. There's a lot of research that goes into going electric and a lot of it is really figuring out who am I as a driver? What do I really need? What do I think are what I want and what is really what I do? on the day to day and the most part. So I love that perspective. And I, I really appreciate it because I think it's kind of been, you know, a lot of people have been commenting, like, I don't know if I should get the max pack. Should I add it on? I'm not sure. So I think your experience can definitely shine some light into that. And I really appreciate it. And I know that you have to get back on the road and continue with your awesome work. And I want to thank you for coming onto the podcast. And before I let you go, I want to know if you have any projects coming up that you're especially excited about and that our audience can keep an eye out for. Well, definitely, like you mentioned before, I'll be posting another thread on X for my road trip down to Florida and back. And that's actually going to be a rather tri a quick trip. So I'll have a lot of charging within the next like two, three day period over that weekend of November 3rd to the 5th or something like that. So definitely keep an eye on there. And then I have a ton of YouTube videos coming up. So, um, and more recently I've been splitting up my channel into different segments because as you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I cover electric bikes, electric scooters. I do industry interviews. There's a lot of different things that I do, but I'm over the time. And I've it pretty much, have said this to a lot of people, even like Kyle, like I need to split up the channel. It's just a matter of doing it and ultimately um so we are doing that i have an e-bike buying guide coming out before uh black friday so if you are shopping for the holidays for an e-bike i'll have some good tips for you to find there and that's on the misco electric ride reviews channel but i have the misco electric industry channel and the plain misco electric channel right now we'll see how many more i end up doing but that seems to be Amazing. a good track record and then of course yes. for every fridays i'll be on the inside evs podcast that i can so Great. Yeah. So everyone make sure to check that out. And I would love to, I mean, I could spend so much time talking to you about just the, you know, how are we going to go electric? What are the keys to pushing electric mobility and learning about e-bikes? But I will save those questions for another day. But believe me, I am holding back asking them because yes. I have to continue on. But yeah, I've really enjoyed uh, speaking with you today, Lacey. And Really appreciate your expertise and your, I mean, your experience here and the fact that, yeah, you are such a skilled communicator and what you do, obviously, like that's your job. And I think that's so key in this space to be able to share ideas with people, to have discussions, to debate, to investigate as well. So I really appreciate the work that you do and for taking the time to come onto the podcast today. Well, 
Thank you. And I appreciate you inviting me to kind of have this conversation about this experience because a lot of people have been very curious about MaxPack and there's more to come. So don't worry. And we got to make a time where we meet up on the weekend while I'm in Tennessee so that we can hang out. <laughs> I would love that so much. Definitely. If you enjoyed the audience, let us know. Of course, go follow Lacey. If you have any questions for her, Adam here, and I'll, I'll let her know, her team know that anything was asked. But yeah, we really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on to the podcast. And of course, everyone, thank you for tuning in and catch us next time on the Out of Spec podcast. Thanks, guys. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter pretty litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness it's the world's smartest kitty litter Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.